wanted to just share something about um, discipleship, something the Lord's been, uh, had really years ago shared with me and just brought it back to my remembrance, but also just made it real again. And that is um, in Isaiah chapter 40. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 40. I just want to share with you today called Watch Your Step. Watch Your Step. And uh, again, on the, the subject of following Jesus. How many know, you know, when you follow the Lord, some days you just don't know what to expect. You just don't know what, what He has in store but how many know you can lift your hand to heaven and say it's going to be good anyways? Because the Bible says that he makes all things, works all things out to the good, for the good, for those that love him. Amen. So uh, this principle here today I want to just share with you something, a secret that's tucked away in this verse. In Isaiah chapter 40, we, uh, most of us that have, if you've been walking with the Lord for a little bit, you know the scripture, you've heard it, maybe you've heard it. But in Isaiah's gospel, he's talking here and he's talking about how strong God is, how good God is. How powerful he is. And he says this. Uh, he really, in verse 29, he begins to open up and he says this. Isaiah declares that God gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increased strength. He gives strength. And even the youth uh, shall faint and be weary. How many know, even teenagers, he says here, young people get tired and athletes get tired. And the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. How many like that part? They shall run and not be weary. They will what? Walk and not faint. Or they will walk through life without giving up, as one translation says. See, there's one thing and one word that describes following Jesus and this journey that we're on called discipleship. It's one word in the Bible that I want to talk to you about today, and that is the word walk. There are many times in the Bible, Paul discusses it, and I'm going to go through the scriptures and go through all the lessons that Paul teaches us about walking with Jesus. You know, if you look at the scripture here, it talks about soaring with eagles and running, and then it talks about walking. And we like to put that right in that order. We like to soar, amen, and if soaring's not good enough, we like to run, and that's not that great, but we, okay, you say, well, I guess we'll walk. But you know, the Bible declares that almost 400 times it says the word walk. It used the word walk to describe things. Walk. And only 200 times does it talk about running. And only a couple times about soaring. How many know we want to soar with wings as eagles, but God says, I want you to walk here every day in this life, day to day, day in, day out with me. That's why, I, I think that's so wonderful why the Lord came. Aren't you glad that He didn't come just to kind of, you know, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, just give you this one touch and you're going to be high for the next, uh, you know, 25 years of your life and you'll never come down. No, He gives us that uh, relationship and that power and that strength to make it every day. Amen. I'm thankful for that. But this is about a walk. This isn't about a, a, a sprint. This is about a marathon and, that, and, and then a walk. It's about... You know, getting how many know the old saying that says, before you can run, you've got to walk. And before you walk, you've got to crawl. And so we know that there's a progression. But also, as Paul teaches here, with our walk with the Lord and our relationship with Jesus, it's what, this is what I describe it as best, is every day, Jesus and everyday living. That's what it means to walk with the Lord. It's Jesus and everyday living. It's His gospel, His word, His mission in everyday living. When you talk about walking, the Bible describes it in as many ways, and it talks about growing. It talks about prospering. It talks about transitioning and transforming from one place to the next. It talks about advancing. How many know when you walk, you advance? You know, the writer here, Isaiah, says to wait on the Lord. And many people think that means you just sit down and do nothing. 
That's not what the word means at all. It, it doesn't mean that you just sit around and wait or sit around and let somebody else do it or, or somehow God will just automatically give me a good marriage. How many know that's not what the word wait on the Lord means? It means it an means action of hope. It means a, a, a kind of a, a, a motion of faith. It's not something that's just sitting there stagnant. It's something that's consistently moving and believing over time. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. I, I thought about some scriptures that how God has always, always been about man's walk. Always been about his walk. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that God came down in the cool of the day and walked with Adam. The Bible talks about a man named Enoch that he walked with God and he was so close with God that one day God took him and he wasn't. Wow. Before Star Trek there was Enoch. I mean he just was, amen, he just beamed up. Amen, that's the way it was. The Bible says that Noah walked with God. He was a righteous man. He walked with God. That's what the Bible says. God told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Walk before me and obey what I told you to do. The children of Israel walked out of Egypt, walked across dry land when God split the sea open. They walked through the wilderness and then they walked through the promised land. Is that right? Amen. So God's always been about the walk. Psalms 128 verse 1 says this, Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord and walks in His ways. We want to run in His ways. We'd love to soar in His ways. But how many know the Bible says it's a walk. It's a daily walk. It's not a yearly walk or a yearly run or a, or a lifetime one, one, one experience uh, where you just experience it at camp when you're young and, and all of a sudden I'm soaring for the rest of my life. How many know it's a little bit more real than that? It's about our walk. And so he talks about this. And the Old Testament, God said this, I will walk among you. I will walk among you. But then in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, he said, I'm not just going to be with you. I will be in you. Look at the scripture in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. It says, in what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? Talking about you being the temple of the Holy Spirit where God dwells. For you are the temple of the living God, as God hath said... I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. It's all about walking with the Lord. It's all about our walk, isn't it, right? Help me out today, amen. It's all about our walk. And so, you know, and even Jesus, when he came, what did he say? He said, follow me or walk with me to the disciples. Walk after me, come after me, walk after me. If any man will come after me, or follow me, or walk with me. This is what Jesus said. And then Paul said, under this new covenant, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit said, follow me as I follow Christ. How many know it's about our walk? Amen. And I like to have this little saying here, I threw this in, that discipleship, it's all in your walk, so watch your step. Amen. Watch your step. I want to pull out some keys to walking with Jesus that Paul brought out in the New Testament. Number one, what does it mean to walk with Jesus and how do we walk with the Lord? Number one, we walk with Him. We walk in Him, as Paul declared. And I'm going to go through this. Colossians 2.6. Some of these scriptures we'll talk to, others I'm just going to read. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul said this, As you have therefore received Christ, uh, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So in other words, just as you trusted the Lord to save you, you need to trust Him 
also for everyday problems, everyday situations. That's what Paul's saying. As you have received Christ, you got saved, you got born again, said it doesn't stop there, walk in Him. Continue in this relationship, Paul is saying. And as you receive the Jesus Christ, so continue to live as God's people. How many know this means go beyond a one-time experience? Go beyond Sunday is what he's saying. How many know there's some good weekend warriors out there, but God's calling us beyond that, and he said this has to be in your everyday living walk with Jesus. Amen. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, 6 says this, that he who says he abides in him, or Jesus, abides in Jesus, ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. That's what it means to walk with the Lord. So we walk in him, and not just in him, but we walk with him. So this is what it means. It means that we go his way, his direction, by his teachings. That's what it means to walk in Jesus. Also, Paul said the second thing is he, I wanted to bring out, that he talked about this in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. He said, we need to walk in newness of life. Let me read this. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism, speaking of Jesus, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is what it means, really, as Paul's saying here. When he says walk in newness of life, he's saying live in the new life that's in Christ Jesus you've been given. Or live in the forgiveness of the cross and live in the grace that enables us to do what God's called us to do. Or in, live in the, the grace that God has made us free. How many believe that God's made us free? Come on, when you were born again, the Bible says that you have been delivered. You have been delivered. You have been seated with Christ. Amen. And so we need to walk in that, as Paul's saying. The third thing is, Paul's giving instruction here. He says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We may cover the whole New Testament. I don't know. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are, after, are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but the Spirit. And later on in Galatians, Paul says this. He says in 5.16, he said, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many know when you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust? So if you do one thing, the other thing's not going to happen. Amen. And so what does that mean? That means that we deny our sinful desires and our sinful inclinations, as Romans 7 teaches us, that the, the things that bring guilt and shame and and what we need to do is, is, Paul's teaches us, that we need to practice holiness in honor to God. Practice holiness. Walk in it. You walk in the Spirit. Now, in Galatians, again, he says in verse 25 of chapter 5, he says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, if you've received the Holy Spirit, if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, receive the Spirit of God. In other words, that you need to walk according to that. What does that mean? Does that mean that we just kind of, it's kind of some mystical, weird uh, thing that we go into? No. What it simply means is that if the Holy Spirit is living in us, then let us be led by the things that He's teaching us. Or let us be taught by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That's what He means. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to lead you into this relationship with the Lord. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I want to I thank the Lord that He didn't just say, give me a bunch of instructions and then leave it up to me, good luck with that type thing. He gave me a spirit. 
Man, he's helping me do it. I can't do it on my own. But he's giving me his spirit. Amen. That I can, and that's what the Bible means. Walk in the spirit. Now notice he didn't say fly in the spirit. He didn't say float in the spirit. Come on. He said walk in the spirit. It's practical. So in other words, the supernatural elements of God put it in your natural everyday life. Miracles need to be a natural everyday occurrence in the life of every believer. These signs follow those that believe. No, I need to go to a conference and I need to do this and maybe every 10 years God will pour His Spirit out in healing. No, you need to walk in a very natural way in the supernatural elements that God has given us. Walk in the Spirit. Amen. Come on, you need to tell somebody that week. The Bible said don't float in the Spirit. Come on, come back down to earth. Amen. Right? How many know it's not how high you jump on Sunday, it's how straight you walk on Monday. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to... But also, let me just throw this out real quick, is that it means spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding. What does it mean by that? It simply means that, that I don't just know God, but I know how He works. See, when you walk in the Spirit, you understand this trial is to make my faith stronger. This is not, I'm not going to die through this thing. This isn't going to overtake me. It's not going to destroy my family. God's going to get us through this thing. I understand I have spiritual wisdom and understanding in this situation. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. God reveals it to you. He shows you through His Word, through His Spirit. All of a sudden, you're in a situation, and maybe you, you get to the place, oh, maybe God is trying to help me here. How many know God gives you spiritual wisdom and understanding? Paul also tells us, number four, to walk honestly. Walk honestly. Does that mean don't lie? Sure. But it also means something deeper. In Romans 13, 13, it says, let us walk honestly or properly as in the day. Not in revelry or drunkenness, not in lewdness or lust, not in strife and envy. Think about it. Notice what he says here. The six things he mentions are external conduct. Your behavior. How many know God's going to adjust your behavior? Amen. He's after that. I can't do that. Amen. Don't look to a leader to do that. God wants to do that. External conduct. Many times, let me tell you something. I just want to... Throw this out this morning. Many times your behavior, your behavior, your conduct will either lead people to believe in Jesus or repel people from Jesus. Hello. Come on. Is that true? It's true. Amen. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. And so 1 Thessalonians, I like this principle, says this about walking honestly. 4.12 says that, you might walk honestly toward them that are without or unbelievers, though that don't know the Lord. He's, i got to say that again. Walk honestly toward them, in among them. That's what he's saying. Where you're living, where you're working, where you're shopping. That, they, that you may lack nothing. And so if you read, you have to read the whole chapter. He, he basically saying this to them. There was a lot of people that they were... They were uh, they were just getting into trouble and they were fighting amongst themselves in the church and they weren't working. Uh, they were just kind of really causing a lot of problems. And this is what he said. He said that I want you to live a peaceful life and mind your own business, earn your own living, just as we've taught you. By doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and com commanding respect on even unbelievers then you'll need nothing or you'll be, you won't be dependent upon others. How many know that when it comes to walking before the people, we've got to walk honestly. We've got to walk properly. Your life, your walk with the Lord can powerfully affect other people. It can make a huge impact 
on somebody. You don't know. That's why the Bible says just live a peaceful life and mind your own business. Just do what you're supposed to do. Take care of your responsibilities, right? Come on. There's so many in that lesson right there talking about work. That's a great one for work. Amen to being responsible. But he said because other people are watching you, so walk honestly. One of the things the Bible teaches us is that the fifth thing is that we are to walk by faith. Walk by faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul is talking about the assurance of the resurrection. And he says this in the middle of that. He says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. How many know that God honors faith? God doesn't honor needs all the time, but God honors faith. Is that right? So God honors faith. In, in fact, the Bible goes and it says, uses this language, without faith it's impossible to please God. Got to have it. For we walk by faith, we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by our sight or our senses, our feelings, our perception. We don't walk by those things. And what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm just an ignorant, uh, we're living in this bliss of, you know, a little bubble? No, 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 that's not what it means. It simply means this, is that you're putting all your trust your complete confidence in the fact that God is God and He'll never change. The fact that He's God, the fact that His Word is true, your faith is in that alone. Come on. And it doesn't waver. It doesn't ever get to the place where you ever doubt God. You just get to the place where I completely believe God. That's faith. Amen? To fully rely on God, to trust completely without any doubt, to adhere to what He's saying because you trust Him. How many know relationships are built on trust? And come on, and God wants you to trust Him. That's faith. Faith isn't something that says, well, maybe God will or possibly He can. Faith says God will. Amen. Amen. And so I like this saying I said either last week or the week before, worry looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks forward. We walk by faith and not by sight. Paul said this, number six, that we walk in good works. We should walk in good works. Good works should be a part of your life. It should be part of your daily life. Not a, a monthly event that we do as a church. Good works should be a part of your life. Hello. Getting a little quiet in here. Amen. Well, I'm not saved by works. I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about living. After you're saved. Good works. The Bible's full of scriptures about good work. Let your light so shine before men. Not before you know, in secret, it says before men. Amen. Good works. And look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance that we should walk in them. So my life is about walking in the things that God already has for me, discovering the good works that God has for me by reaching out to other people. That's how you're just, just going to discover it. So the... I believe that it's about showing the love and the mercy of Jesus in practical ways, really to whoever is in need. It's about doing good, uh, the good works that God's called us to do. And you know, when you do good works, it releases compassion. Some of you are sitting in your living room waiting to have compassion on the people down the street. But until you go down the street, you'll not move in compassion. It's not going to happen. Jesus saw people in their needs, and the Bible says He was moved with compassion, but you know what? He did something about it. He didn't just write about it or blog about it or pray about it. He did something about it. It's getting really quiet in here. I'm not going to take an offering. Please don't get quiet. Amen. Good works. The Bible says you need to be full of good works. 
Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? And yet we're waiting for everybody to give us. We're waiting for everybody to do good works to us. That's not how the kingdom works. That's not how Christianity works. We give. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Everybody likes to receive Chris, uh, presents at Christmas time and for their birthday. And there's nothing wrong with receiving. But the Bible says there's a better element and that is giving. Amen? And what better way to give of yourself? Now let me just throw this out and just say this, that when you make good works about you, then it becomes a dead work. It doesn't count. It doesn't mean anything to God. See, when it becomes about you, when you give a poor person money and then you blog about it and take their picture and then you brag about it and then testify about it, and then, no, 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 that's about you. It's not about their need. The Bible says don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Now that doesn't mean spend all your family's money and don't tell your wife what you're doing with your money. But come on, that's not what that means. Or that doesn't mean be foolish. Just throw all your money over here or give all your... That's not what it means. It simply means don't brag about it. Don't make a boast about it. Giving should be a natural occurrence. So much so you don't even remember the last time you gave. Do you see what I'm saying? Good works. Okay. Then I believe that as we talk about walking with the Lord, the Bible also talks about, and Paul teaches this, to walk worthy of the Lord. Wow, to walk worthy of the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he was writing this letter to the Ephesian church in prison, and he said, I, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Walk worthy. In Colossians, he also wrote this. In 1.10, as he's praying for the church and the believers there, he said, we pray that you should walk worthy or in ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good work or every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to His life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in all His fullness. That's amazing, isn't it? Amen. That we should walk worthy of the Lord. What does that mean? When you talk about walking worthy of the Lord, you talk about to match up with something. To match up with something. In other words, the profession of your faith, of your mouth, needs to match the reality of faith in your heart. It's got to line up. How many know your faith's got to line up? I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian and you know it, your face will surely show it. Come on. I mean, you've got to show it. You've got to show it. Your neighbors have got to know that you're a Christian. And not a weekend Christian, not a Sunday morning shout and conquer the carpet, come home and live like the devil Christian. I'm talking about you're a full-blooded Christian, that you live it all the time. Amen. And, and that's the way it is. And so walk worthy of that. Meaning to, to, it needs to match up. Your faith in your, coming out of your mouth needs to match up with the faith in your heart and in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so notice, I just want you to notice this. The more you live out His righteousness, the more you practice God's righteousness in your life, the more you know about God. Not the more scriptures you study, not the more, not the more uh, you know, videos you watch, preachers you listen to. Uh, that's good, that's a great thing, but that's not how you develop in your knowledge of God. As you walk in His righteousness, you know God more. Why? Because you experience Him firsthand. You're living out His goodness, His joy, His righteousness. Our righteousness stinks. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to tell you to turn around and look at somebody and say that. But come on, our, our righteousness stinks. It really does. We have to have His righteousness moving in us. Anything that's good from us is from God. Come on, it's Christ in us, the hope of any kind of glory. It's Christ, it's not me, amen, it's Jesus. And so we've got to walk worthy. 
And so what he's talking about here is this is what I see, is that I saw this when I read that. You know, don't be a hypocrite. But also, don't be a coward. Don't say, well, I'm just going to be a Christian among Christians. No, you need to be a Christian among everybody. Come on. Amen. Walk in love is the eighth thing that Paul brings out. To walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Be therefore followers of God. That's what we're talking about today. As dear children. And walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Now we like that part, but we, we miss the part where it says, as Jesus loved us, so we're to love other people. You're like, no, that's not possible. Yes, it's possible. Amen. So we need to walk in love. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 11, he says that he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and doesn't know where, where he goes because the darkness blinds him. So if you say you're a believer and you don't like people, you're living a lie. You're living in darkness. You're not going to walk in love. You've got to walk in love. How many know love is an action? You can't just say it. Paul said, love each other without dissimulation. Or don't just say you love each other. You better show it. Amen. Amen. And all the wives said, oh yeah, it has to be shown, right? It's great to say, I love you, love you, love you. But then it's like, not seeing it, right? Has to be seen. Walk in love. See, this is important because love is greater than faith. Love is greater than hope. Is that what the Bible teaches us? Now abides faith and hope, but the greatest of these is love. Amen? That's what it says. And so if you don't show love, it doesn't mean anything. It's an act of your will. It's an action. Amen? It's something you do. And and I want to just throw this out, that before you can fulfill the Great Commission to go and preach the gospel, you need to work on the Great Commandment. Love God and love other people. I know a lot of people out there preaching on the street that don't like people in the church. I know a lot of people preaching on the street and handing out tracts and, and preaching on Facebook. But let me tell you something, they really don't like other people. They don't like other Christians. They're nasty, they've got a bad character, got a bad attitude. Come on, somebody. It doesn't mean anything unless you practice love. You can prophesy tomorrow's news, the headline news tomorrow. I I mean, I'm impressed with that. But if you don't have love for the people you're prophesying to, it doesn't mean anything. You can have all the knowledge. You can be the smartest guy in the church. You can know the exact day when Jesus is coming back, have a revelation all the four horsemen. But if you do not have love, it does not mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. Amen? Doesn't mean a thing. And so Jesus showed us first how to do that. And Quickly, we need to walk carefully, the Bible says. Point nine, walk carefully or circumspectly. That's a word we we're not familiar with. We don't use that, but we use the word carefully. Walk carefully. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but wise. Look carefully, is what he's saying, how you walk. Live purposely and accurately, not as the unwise, but as wise. As sensible, intelligent people of God. Amen. Walk this way. This is what he's saying. So what does that mean? That means to make right choices based on what you should do, not what you want to do. It means that you should make right choices. Be smart. Make smart choices about what you say and how you say it. Where you go and come on and who you hang with. Make good choices. Walk carefully. Carefully pay attention to who you're with and what you're saying and how you're living. Be careful. Be careful. 
Amen? How many know there's a difference when the Bible talks about being an example? How many know there's a difference between being, uh, being uh, concerned about what people think and being controlled by what people think? I believe that you need to be concerned about what your neighbors think of you. But you cannot be controlled by what people think of you. Amen? I, I think you need, no, there's just too much of that attitude going on. I don't care what anybody says. Well, 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 hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute. I do care. I do care because if I offend somebody, the Bible says, and they turn from the Lord and they don't walk with the Lord, that's, their blood is on my hands. The Bible says that's a serious, is anybody listening? Come on, are we in the room today? If we, if we do something to offend, amen, a, a young Christian, a new believer, somebody searching for the Lord and say, well, you're going to hell and I, I'm going to heaven and so what? Come on, that's just so self-righteous. And, and, and God said, man, you, you just... Keep your offering on the outside. I'm not even going to think about receiving it today. Go make that thing right. Don't even live that way. Live carefully. Psalms 15, 1 and 2 says, Lord, who will live in your tabernacle? Who's going to dwell in your holy hill? He says this, who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Psalms 84, the second half of verse 11 says this, No good thing will God withhold from them who walk uprightly. Amen. Come on, uprightly. Am I talking about holiness too much? It's getting quiet. Walk carefully. Amen. So this is what he's saying. He's also saying this. You need to take grace seriously. Take it seriously. Don't take it for granted. And don't take advantage of grace. Don't abuse grace. Walk carefully. And then in verse, and in Acts 9, to my 10th point, he says this. He says, walk in reverence. Walk in reverence. Walk in the fear of the Lord. In Acts 9.31, says it talks about then the churches, uh, all the churches and the condition of the churches in Judea and Galilee and Samaria. The Bible says we're edified, encouraged as Paul went around his missionary journey. And they said this, that the churches were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit were multiplied. They grew because of it. They grew. Walking in reverence. That means don't take advantage of grace. Or you need to show respect for the word of the Lord, for the name of God. In, in, Micah's, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, in, uh, the prophet Micah said that we need to walk humbly before our God. Come on, somebody. See, God is the one that I live for. He's the one that I want to please because I love Him. Anybody? Because I love Him. So I, I walk in reverence. I walk in respect of the Lord. I don't just take the things of God, uh, you know, just, you know, half-heartedly. The Bible says live soberly. Be sober about it. Be serious about, you know, there's things we can have fun and we have joy and we can laugh about and we play at, but that's great. But, you know, one thing I take seriously is the Word of God. I just take it serious. Maybe, maybe you don't. I do. I take, I take the Bible very serious. Anybody? And so the Bible says walk in reverence. Be reverent to the Lord. Walk in the fear of the Lord. See, most people live so in, in such a way that so the Father will love them. But instead, we need to be living in such a way because you know the Father loves you. There's a difference. And so we walk in reverence because God, amen, you love me and so I want to please you. I'm not trying to earn anything from you. I'm doing things because you already love me. And your love for me is great. Amen. Finishing up here, we need to walk in the light. Point 11, walk in the light. 1 John 1.7 says, If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. In Ephesians 5.8, he echoes this again, and he said, For you were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk in the light. What does that mean? 
Now, if you're out there and you went to camp and you remember the camp rules, remember the camp commandments, anybody? One of the camp commandments we would give the first night is stay in the lighted areas. We especially threw that out to all the guys and girls that are checking out each other. And, and you know what I mean. It just, just the brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what I'm saying. And, uh, and so we'd say that. Stay in the lighted areas. But you know the Bible teaches us to do that, doesn't it? Stay in the lighted areas. Now, I don't know about the, we used to have the six inch rule. But we, we had a rule about stay in the lighted areas. I think that's a good one. But this is what it really mean, means when Paul talks about walk in the light. What does it mean to walk in the light? It means that people know that you should that you know about God but but really it's more about uh, knowing about God and his righteousness more than they do about sin. In other words let Jesus be the center. Every time you talk about light it talks about the, the, the source. The source. Light is the source. Walk in the source. Walk in the source. Come on somebody. How many know when you get away from light it gets cold? It gets dark. But stay near the source. Walk in the light. If we're all walking in the source, is in the center, we're going to have fellowship one with another, the Bible says. So keeping Jesus the center. Walking in, amen, the light means that you keep Jesus the center. He is the source. Stay in fellowship is what it's saying. Keep an open heart before the Lord. Pursue Him in everything. Just walk in the light. Amen. Some of you parents might need to tell your kids to stay in the lighted areas. But other than that, we want to walk in the light. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm finishing up. And the, uh, the next thing is I thought about this. I looked over the scriptures and I thought, man, something very important is this, that we need to walk by his commandments. Walk by his commandments. 2 John 1.6, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that you, as, as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. Walk in the commandments of God. What does that mean? Live the Bible out is what it's saying. Just live the scriptures out as you read it. Do it. Oh, it says forgive. I need to do that. It says give to the poor. That's what I need to do. It says that I need to love and edit. That's what I need to do. Amen. Make that a part of your life. Walk by his commandments. Psalms 119.1 says blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So it means this, it means in order to do what God wants us to do, we need to know what God wants us to do. And you don't know what God wants you to do until you read what God wants you to do. So get in the Word. Someone says that God isn't speaking. Well, God is never speaking if your book is closed. And so keep the book open and God will speak. You've got to walk by His commandments. Amen. Everything depends on obedience in the, Christian walk, in the Christian life. Everything about your walk is about obedience. Everything. God measures everything by obedience. Come on, even more than faith, God measures it by obedience. Why? Because the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. You can believe and not do anything about it. You can say, I believe, I believe, but faith without works is dead. You've got to do something about it. And so what we do about it is obey. Amen. Obey. I think there was a song about that. Trust and obey. Whatever it was. Walk in truth, the Bible says. Walk in truth. Amen. Psalms 86 verse 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I, I love to walk in your truth, David said. I want to walk in your truth. Amen. 
I want to know the, 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 the meaning to this and what Paul's trying to get out here is, is that we stand with what's already been written and revealed. We stand on the truth of God's Word. We believe that it is the absolute truth of God's Word. There's nothing, uh, there's nothing about this Bible, nothing about this Word that is false. There's no shadow in it. There's no gray area. There's nothing that leads us to believe there's other truth. Come on, it is the truth. It is the established truth. It is the established way. When Jesus said, narrow is the way, amen, he, that leads to life, and he said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, he's talking about the truth. Did you know that? In Matthew 7, he's talking about false prophets and sheep, wolves in sheep clothing and don't listen to false teachings and all these things. And what did he say? Then he begins to teach about narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Amen? Narrow is the established truth. Broad is the fabricated truth. The man-made truth. The perception of God. But how many know we don't have to make up what we already believe? Come on. It's already written. I don't have to invent something that I believe in. It's already written. It's already established. We need to walk in the truth. Declare the truth. How many know the world needs to hear the truth because they need to know the truth and the truth is Jesus Christ? Amen. If we're ashamed of the truth, then we're ashamed of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then finally, it says here, as Paul uh, was finishing up, and then we read in the book of Revelation, I was reading this, and I, I, I thought came across this the most amazing thing. Revelation chapter 3, verse 4. Jesus was writing the letters to the churches, and one of the churches he's writing a letter to is Sardis, the church of Sardis. And in the church of Sardis, he mentions there's people that, will, that walk in white. Walk in white. And I thought, what does that mean? That seems kind of odd to me. And I thought it maybe would have been the martyrs. I thought there's people, the Bible talks about in Revelation, that the martyrs have white robes and they were crowned and they, those things, but it's not what it's talking about. And so I began to read about what it means to walk in white as the church in Sardis was a church that, uh, you know, they had, uh, there's a few people there that, that um, in that church that really were doing good, but that the history of that church is very interesting because what happened was they had a great reputation. Read it, Revelation chapter 3. They had a great reputation, but they were spiritually lifeless because what they were doing is they were, fill, they were filling the church up with unconverted people and, and they were just going through the motions of religion. And Jesus said there's a few people there that really are walking in white. They have not, they have not soiled their clothes with the sin of the world. Think about it. So there's a people, and he said, you need to repent or you need to wake up. That means you need to start paying attention to the need for salvation and stop being careless about your heart's condition before the Lord. You've got to walk in white. You've got to walk in the righteousness of Jesus and stop being so mixed and compromised with sin among you. And he says, you need to repent. And so they had to acknowledge that there was this truth coming forth. And they acknowledged the truth, but as Jesus said, they weren't practicing it. And so really what it meant was that we need to come to a place that we're not compromising. We're not practicing mixture in our heart. We're walking before the Lord right. That's what it means. And aren't you glad that there's hope for change and room for change? That the Lord comes and He says, you may not be walking right. You may be in mixture. You might have some compromise and sin in your life. But I'm coming in my mercy. I'm coming in my grace. And the Bible says that God is, amen, He is compassionate, ready to forgive. And He's coming and He's saying, look, I want you to repent. I want you to acknowledge this and realize this and change your ways. Come to the place where you're not walking, amen, with soiled garments, but you're walking with the robe of righteousness, as Romans says. 
Walk in this thing. Walk it out. Amen, as the Bible teaches us. As you look in the Scripture in closing, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, we read it. That God empowers the feeble. He infuses the powerless with increasing strength. But they that wait or trust in the Lord, hope in the Lord, this confident expectation, this active hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll be able to walk with the Lord and not ever get tired. Isn't that amazing? Come on, let's stand on our feet today. Amen. How many know it's all in your walk? So watch your step. Amen. It's all in how we walk before the Lord today. Amen. And so today I just wanted to say that if you've been really walking with the Lord at one time and then maybe you said, well, I kind of got away from something. I got away from the Lord. And some of you equate that with, I don't go to church as much as I used to. I know I need to get back to church or I need to get back in fellowship. I, I know I need to do this and I know I need to do that. But how many know it's not about those things? It's about walking with the Lord every day, right where you are. Bringing the Lord into your life, bringing to everyday living. Jesus in your everyday living. That's what it means to walk with the Lord. And somebody to here today might be in a place where you said, I've got off track. I was walking with the Lord and something happened. Maybe there was a hurt. Maybe there was a disappointment in the church. Or maybe there was something in a relationship, a family member, or, or something that, it was, that it just kind of threw me off. And I feel like I'm walking nowhere. I don't even know where I'm at in my life. I don't even know. I feel like, as you said, Brother Matt, I'm in darkness. I just feel like I'm lost. And today, I want you to know that I'm calling you to come back to the place where you're walking in fellowship with the Lord. Come back in fellowship with God. Just simply acknowledge it and say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, for going after, Lord, things more important than you, than I thought were more important than you. And then, Lord, being led away by sin and lust, by, by, by other people and the hurt that I was, went through, Lord, it just got me off course. I want to say, Lord, I'm coming back today. I want to get in step with you once again. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, thank you for your great plan of salvation that you have for us, Lord, to walk with you every single day. Lord, we want to walk in uh, righteousness. We want to walk in truth. We want to walk in faith. We want to walk, Lord, all these things, Lord, you're teaching us by your Spirit every single day. Lord, what are we learning today from you? Help us understand, Lord, and teach other people to walk with you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.